Boy, are we in warp speed or what? Yeah. Here it is Sunday night already. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, I think they need to check our circulation around the sun. I think centrifugal force is picking up speed. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you. Anyway, but it has been so good, and uh, I trust certainly God has used me in some way to be a help and a blessing to the church collectively and to you individually, but, but it's a two-way street. Uh, you've been such a blessing to my wife and I and our daughter and grandsons, and I was telling the pastor again today, I think I've mentioned it in the services before and mentioned to several individuals, uh, you've got an infectious spirit here, which not every church has what you have here. Every church ought to have what you have here. I think the Lord wants it to be that way, uh, but it's pretty special, and uh, <clears throat> it's, it's a real blessing. I've held, had just a liberty to preach, and uh, just the spirit is just been of the Lord. I mean, to God be the glory. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, maybe, maybe you'd enjoy this. Uh, <clears throat> title of this is Live Churches. Uh, <clears throat> starts by saying, live churches have parking problems. Dead churches don't. Uh, you might appreciate this one. Live churches have lots of noisy and bothersome children. <laughs> Dead churches don't. <laughs> Live, church, live churches constantly improve and plan for the future. Dead churches don't. <clears throat> live churches focus on people. Dead churches focus on programs. Live churches dream big dreams for God. Dead churches relive nightmares. Dead churches look outward and upward. Dead churches look inward. Live churches don't use the word can't. Dead churches use no other word more often. Live churches heavily support and emphasize missions. Amen. Dead churches don't. Live churches evangelize. Dead churches fossilize. So I'm going to come to our text here tonight, but let me just say, what you have, keep it going. Amen. Again, I've mentioned a few, a few times this week, don't take it for granted. Uh, we're prone to do that. You kind of get used to the blessings of God and the goodness of God, and, but don't take it for granted. Uh, count your blessings. Name them one by one. Somebody ought to write a song. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's been a joy for us, so thank you, thank you for being here. I know uh, for some it's not been uh, convenient or easy maybe to get out, the conditions, are, particularly earlier in the, uh, this last week were pretty testy, but thank you for being here and, and uh, being attentive, and, and I know I've, I've gone long several services, I've not well, I've heard one one complaint, but, <laughs> but as a rule, I mean, people have been great, gracious, and it, it's just been it's just been a blessing. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Take your Bibles, please. Turn to Second Timothy. <clears throat> We've already been in some of this this week. Uh, Timothy's first and second are both called pastoral epistles. They apply to the church. Well, here we are this week. The emphasis and the focus has been upon 
Liberty Baptist Tabernacle and the 43 years God has given you here and your responsibilities and the things involved with the ministry. So obviously these are passages that apply to that, so we find ourselves here again tonight. If you can stand in honor of God's word, uh, we're going to read a little bit of a passage here, all of chapter 3 and a little bit into chapter 4. 2 Timothy in chapter 3, uh, beginning at verse number 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, that means lacking self-control, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, heady means violent or ungovernable, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. I'm thinking maybe we're there. (laughs) I'm thinking those conditions are front-page news for where we live today. So again... Last days, those will be the conditions. Verse 5. Also having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jannes and Jambres withstood Moses, so do those also, or these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Let's pray. 
Father, tonight we do come to the close of this emphasis, this focus that we've had the last few days on this time, this place, and the history of this good church. And Lord, again, it, it's good and it's right to, to take time out and to do that very thing. I thank you, even tonight, as special mention was made of Mrs. Williams here and others, Lord, down through the, the years that have been faithful and led the way and set the example and all the things that they've done that you've used them to do. And we know all glory and all praise goes to you, but you're, you use human instruments to accomplish your work. And so we're thankful for those that are willing to be used and have been faithful in that. And Lord, all these things, again, we, we thank you for, praise you for. But it's just a little bit of a time in which we glance backward and know about the past and all the good things. But we can't live there. We're not to live there. Apostle Paul himself said, forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark. So help us, Lord, now to begin to look forward and to come to attention, so to speak, to what lies ahead. And that we would just recommit ourselves to it so that all the things of the past would only continue into the future. Again, I thank you for Brother Brooks and his wife Adrian and their family. and Thank you for the place of leadership they've taken here. Lord, for them and the church getting behind them now, great days ahead as they continue to do as Paul admonished Timothy here. And may we apply some of those things here again tonight that might inspire us, charge us, kind of jack us up, so to speak, for our place of responsibility. And so I pray you help me now as I preach. Help me to be a blessing. And Lord, that uh, you would speak to me as well as through me here tonight. So again, we commit the service to you now. We're looking forward to what you're going to do as you put the kind of the capstone on this week. And we'll praise you and thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. <clears throat> I want you to notice the uh, admonition in chapter 3, verse 14. And if you got a pen, it wouldn't be bad maybe just to kind of underline this. But continue thou. Just continue. I'm not going to take the time. We, we could go through the Second Timothy. There's some great passages of Scripture. I'm not going to quote them or have you read them. I'll just throw chapter 1, verse 12. Chapter 2, verse 15. Chapter 3, verse 1, we just read a moment ago. Chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, we read. Chapter 4, verse 2. Chapter 4, verses 8 and 7 and 8. We just take them. There's some well-known passages in 2 Timothy. But the key verse in 2 Timothy is right here in verse number 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And the key word in that verse, you could say the key word of the whole thrust of this epistle or this charge to Timothy is just the word continue. It's like he's saying, as we know, as you get on into chapter 4 there, he says, time of my ministry is about over, and I'm going to pass the ball to you, Timothy. And you're going to have to step up to the place of leadership. And, and here's what you do. Here's the way we've been going. You know the way. You've been laboring with me now for these years. You know how God has led. You know what's right. And so, Timothy, I'm going to kind of step out of the scene here, and it's going to be for you to just continue on. <laughs> Come on, the direction's been set, amen? And so he's saying, just, just continue on. Well, you've got 43 years of a direction. Come on. 
It's a great heritage, great, great testimony. Well, I'm not going to step up here and say, boy, I got some new revelation for you tonight. <laughs> no, nothing new under the sun. Certainly when it comes to that which is taught to us and given to us in the Word of God. No, it's just continue therein. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Yeah. Amen. So, again, the key word is continue. And I'll just kind of pick up on a couple of things here, and we'll be done shortly. <laughs> you heard about the two little boys there in the church, and <clears throat> pastor took his watch off and set it there on the pulpit. You've heard this one, I'm sure. His little friend is new there. He said, watching all the things the pastor did, he said, what, what's that mean? He said, it doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean a thing. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, continue. Continue in righteousness. Hello? Yeah, doing that which is right. Look again at verse number 14. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Skip down to verse number 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Okay? That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good work. Come on, righteousness is the key. I heard a preacher say one time, I found the perfect sermon can be pre preached again and again. It has three points and an application or, a, or an illustration. He said, first point is do right. Amen. That'll preach. Second point is do right. Third point is do right. And the footnote, closing footnote is always do right. Amen. That'll preach. I mean, really, that's really the theme of the Word of God. This is the way. Walk you, come on, we're supposed to do right. The way of righteousness, yeah. Righteousness should be a characterization of the ministries of Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. Righteousness is defined, as we know here, by the Word of God. Look at, look, look at verse number 15 in chapter 2. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Knowing from the Word of God. Come on, God sets the standard for what's right. And so for us to know what's right, we got to go to the standard. <laughs> and so we're to study God's Word, to have it straight in our mind, in our life, if you will, what is right, and then do right. Do right. Do right. Always do right. Just continue in doing that which is right. <clears throat> Isaiah 30, 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. Someone has well said there's a ditch on either side of the road. <laughs> yeah. God told Joshua when he took the place of Moses, he said, Don't turn to the right hand or to the left. Come on, just continue on. Moses had set a pretty good example, you think? And so Joshua just continued. Just continue. I like the fact your theme there is taken from Acts chapter 2. They continued steadfastly. God helped Liberty Baptist Tabernacle just to continue. I trust, <laughs> I trust we don't have to experience 43 more years. My birthday was this week. I turned 74. I'm telling you. I said, warp speed, you ain't kidding. <laughs> I can't get my head around it. But for me, not, come on, it's not going to be 43 more years for me. I hope there's not 43 years more for any of us. Amen. I've said it several times this week. I'd like the Lord to come tonight, really, and yeah, be done with this thing. But he made this challenge to us. What? Occupy till I come. 
said, we're not to go up on a mountain dressed in white, looking up, waiting for the Lord to come back. No, he said, occupy till I come. So come on, get with the work. What's the work? Well, just continue in the way you know to go. Yeah, that's what it is, okay? So continue in righteousness. And then number two, continue in Bible doctrine. Well, duh, yeah, we already talked about that. Look in chapter 3, verse 15. It says, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. There it is. Continue in the Bible. Amen. I, said the, I think I said the other night, had people visit my church and say, good to be in a church where they preach the Bible. Well, well yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Yeah, we are supposed to do. I mean, right there, preach the word. Hello. But come on, that's how far we've gotten away from God. So-called churches today don't even know the word. I got goose in a snowstorm. They don't know where they're going. They, the blind leading the blind. Come on. Thank God we got the word of God. Come on, Brother Brooks. Aren't you glad when you get in the pulpit you got something you can preach? <laughs> I'm long-winded as it is. I wouldn't be very long-winded at all <laughs> if I didn't have the word of God. And if I was, you wouldn't stick around to hear it anyway. Come on. There's nothing to be said. We need to hear what God has to say. The prophets were sent and said, this is what you tell them. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. That's what we're supposed to do. So again, continue in Bible doctrine. I call it, you know, these little books of the how-to for dummies. <laughs> Come on, for believers. This is the how-to for dummies. God's given us the manual. God's given us the handbook for how we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to live. Come on. You got it in your lap. Amen. Here we are moving up close toward Christmas. I always think about these dads, you know, that <clears throat> they're putting together this bike. Hey, I grew up, I had 14 different bikes. I know how to put a bike together. I don't need the directions. <clears throat> about two in the morning, where's those directions? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, we need the directions. Yeah, we need to keep our nose in, in this book, the, the Bible doctrine, the, the know-how, okay? And... <clears throat> Again, not just to know them. Don't just be hearers of the word. We're to be doers. We're to continue in them, it says. Okay, continue in them. Uh, some know them. They know the scripture. But come on, it's another thing about continuing in the scripture. And that's what we're supposed to do. Some resist it. Look in verse 8 of chapter 3. Now as Jannes and Jambres withstood Moses, so do also those res uh, these also resist the truth. There's some that resist it. They don't want to hear it. And when they do hear it again, they, they, they dismiss it. They reject it. Some, some won't endure it. Look in chapter 4, verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That's a sad commentary for believers that know the truth but won't endure it. We're supposed to, come on, develop some hardness, he says. Endure hardness. <clears throat> Let me just throw a couple primary <laughs> doctrines from the Bible we're certainly to continue in salvation by grace through faith hello back there in verse number 15 that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus <clears throat> I've heard people say well <clears throat> I've always believed what mama taught me to believe or my preacher or my priest or grandma or whoever well, that's okay if it's found rooted in this book. Amen. 
you think you're saved? <laughs> Jesus said this to the Pharisees. <laughs> Search the scriptures, for they are they which speak of me. Yeah. Come on, you better make sure your salvation is Bible-based. You better make sure your salvation is as God describes it because he's the one that designed it. He's the one that provides it. He's the one that gives it. He's the one that keeps it. Come on, salvation is of the Lord, we heard Jonah say this morning. You better make sure your salvation is rooted in, grounded upon the word of God, not what grandma said. Now, praise God if grandma's a godly, faithful servant of the Lord and she's a Bible teacher and preacher as Timothy had the benefit of having a mother and a grandmother that taught him the word of God. Okay? So you better make sure it's rooted and grounded in the scriptures, and of course, the inerrancy of scripture. <laughs> Not just some scripture, the scripture. Okay? And he talks about there in verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. And he goes on. Okay? The scripture. The scripture is true. It's not that it contains truth or that it just imparts truth. No, it is truth. And every account in the word of God, Jesus said, every jot, every tittle. Come on, it's true. Jonah was swallowed by a great fish. Oh, really? Yeah, really. <laughs> because Jesus even referred to it of himself. He would be three days and three nights in the earth, just as Jonah was three, nights, three days and three nights in the belly of the whale. Come on, that happened. The great flood happened. Yeah. All that God said, Noah and the whale, I mean, Noah and the whale, Noah and the ark. <laughs> Getting my stories mixed up here. But you can go on and on and on. Come on, it's all true. Hell is a real place. Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven. You know why? There's a hell to shun. He said, you don't want to go there. Rip your arm off. Pull out your eye. You don't want to go there, I'm telling you. Hell is real. Miracles that Jesus performed are real. Everything that's recorded miraculously in, miraculously in the Word of God is true. Is anything too hard for God? <laughs> Abraham said, listen, my <laughs> Lord, I'm not sure you understand. I'm 100 my wife's 90. And the angel said, is anything too hard for the Lord? <laughs> well, No. <laughs> How dare we question what God can do? Yeah. <clears throat> Second coming. He is coming. Amen. Oh, they scoff at it just as they did in Peter's day. Where is the promise of thy coming? He's coming. Because he's true and he made a promise. And God keeps his promises. I will go away, but I will come again. Amen. So the second coming, the judgment. I mean, the white throne judgment and the bema seat judgment, those are true judgments. That's going to happen. Every knee will bow. Come on. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. All the scoffers, all the agnostics, all the atheists, all that crowd, Madeline Murray O'Hara, she's going to admit Jesus Christ is Lord. Come on, I'm talking about everybody. Every knee is going to bow. That judgment's going to take place. All the promises and the truths of the Word of God. It's Bible doctrine, which means it's true. Yeah. Continue in Bible doctrine. Number three, continue in that which is proven. Go back to verse number 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. <laughs> Timothy had a 
a great heritage of teaching and investment in his life. Started when he was just a lad. Tells us in the first chapter there about his mother and his grandmother, how they taught him. And then by the time Paul comes through Derby and Lister there, this little young man, Timothy, has already got quite a testimony. And so they said, you ought to consider him, and he's got an interest in the things of God, and he's got an interest in your ministry. And so you know the rest of the story. God took it, Paul took him in. God used Paul to mentor, mentor him and train him. And now he's come to the point here where he's written this letter to him. Timothy, it's come to you. Just continue on. <laughs> Just continue in the things that you've been taught and that you know. And it's, it's more than just, of course, his parents and his mentor, Paul. I mean, it really goes back to, as it says here, from, from, as from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. You've known the great stories of, of the Word of God. Man, some great stories. I alluded to, I think, the other night, my favorite Bible story is the story of Joseph in Egypt. Man, what a great story. What an inspiring story. Come on. Joseph went through 13 years of hell. I'm talking about it was no picnic. He was faithful. In fact, if anyone could have said, where's God? <laughs> Joseph could have said, I've been faithful. I've never done anything worthy of this kind of stuff. Where's God? I, I hear about God, but I don't see him in my life. But we go back to that. Just do right because it's right to do. Amen. And so Joseph did right. Did right. Hindsight's great, isn't it? <laughs> Someone as well said, hindsight's 2020. Yeah, you see very plainly. Joseph came to a point in his life. He said to his brothers, I love that, I love that account when he makes known to his brothers, I'm Joseph. I said many times, I, I wish different points of Bible history that had been Polaroid cameras. <laughs> I'd like to see a picture of, of his brothers when he said, I'm, I'm Joseph. Look at me, I'm Joseph. <laughs> like my brother Joseph you know what they think next we're dead <laughs> no but I'm sure dear in a headline I mean Joseph are you kidding me and then he makes this statement you know the story I mean he, he took a little pleasure in giving them some, a little bit of hard time for a while but this time he's weeping He's driving his servants out. He, you know, he go wash his face. He could hardly take it. Finally, he breaks down. He's hugging them. You know, I mean, it must have been something. And he said this. He didn't justify or rationalize. They'd done wrong. And he called their attention to it. He said, you meant it for evil. But I got some 2020 vision. God meant it for good. Come on, soldier of the cross. Sometimes we go through things, and it's easy to question God. But we don't have all the information. We see through a glass darkly, Paul said. We, one day face to face. One day, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. But come on now, we have to walk by faith. We got to trust God. But come on, is he worthy of trusting? Yeah, we got all kinds of scripture, all kinds of story after story, account after account of God and his great work and his miraculous doing and his mysterious doing, all to have a testimony to know, hey, I can trust God. It's going to be good because God is good all the time, yeah. So just continue in that which is proven. Godly teachers and parents. It's interesting, those kids singing about those teachers and influences in their life. Yeah. 
I read, I was kind of digging through some of my illustrations. I couldn't find it, but I can kind of give you the gist of it. It's, it's an account of, of a son's assessment of his dad as he grows in age. And like it starts out, you know, at five years old, my, my dad is Superman, you know. You get to age of eight or nine, my dad can beat your dad, you know, and it's all that kind of stuff, you know. And then, you, you know, you get into, he's 12, and man, dad, I, I love to play ball, and he's something, you know. And, and then you get into, like, 14 and 15, dad's kind of changing, you know. 16, seems like dad's lost his mind, you know. And then you get on into the 20s, you know. Boy, dad is really coming around, you know. (laughs) And it goes on to like 30. I'm constantly calling dad to get his advice, you know, on what to do. 40 and 50. And then then you get 60 and 70. Boy, I wish I could talk to dad. (laughs) Oh, I wish... I wish Dad was still alive. You know, it's, it's that kind of a, an assessment and re- recognition. Come on, young people. Your folks have been down the road. They got experience. They got understanding. Come on. They're smarter than you are. You got a lot to learn. Come on. I'm talking about a lot. Some years ago, I, I got to teach a class at Silver State Baptist Youth Camp, and I, and I spent the whole week teaching a class on Proverbs. And I started by saying, I'd like to know, of course, this is all high school, high school kids, you know. I'd like to know how many of you think, you know, without being proud or boastful, you think, you know, you, you pretty well got, got a grip on life and pretty well got a handle on what's what. And, you know, you're not bragging, but you've kind of you got it all together. <laughs> how many of you like that? And there were... I don't know, half a dozen at least, hands raised, you know, raise their hand. I mean, I feel like I pretty much know what's going on, you know. I said, no, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't. You think you do. You're just starting out. You got a lot to learn, boys and girls, yeah. And uh, and so I use Proverbs, which is where... (laughs) Solomon pretty much is talking about his dad, David, is teaching him some things. And he admonishes young people, come on, seek wisdom. Yeah. And much of that is gotten not by just wishing for it or thinking, yeah, I'm pretty smart. I can handle it. No, it's like, like it was with Timothy. He, he sat and, and, and soaked in, come on, from the experience and the influence and the godliness of others And now it's come to the point where, yeah, he's going to have to take the ball and he's going to have to step up to his place. But basically, it's not really hard. All you have to do, Timothy, is just continue in the way you've been taught. (laughs) Come on, church. You got 43 years. It's not hard. Just keep going. Yeah, keep going. Continue in that which is proven. Mentioned a moment ago, Jeremiah 6, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where is the good way and walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls. The old paths. Well trodden. Come on, proven. This works. Come on, this works. The plan works. Just work the plan. One of the things that's really bugging me these days is in the same sense, we got young preachers coming on the scene 
that all of a sudden they've got real cunning. Pardon me here. They got, they're pretty convinced they got it all together. And I remember old Dan Allen from Silver State. He's long gone in heaven now, but he used to say, live in the Bible, visit good books. And I said, the problem is we got it flip-flop today. They're visiting the Bible, and they're not even living in good books. They're living in bad books. They're reading all this cutting-edge stuff and all these guys, these new insight on how to build a church. Hey, bub, you got it right here. The book of Acts is how to build a church. The book of Acts is the handbook for church ministry. Come on, it's an old path. It works. Just work it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. It's worked. Just look around. <laughs> it does work. God don't make no junk. <laughs> God to say, well, yeah, this is kind of out of date. Got to get it more culturally relevant. <laughs> you know what I say to that? <laughs> Bunch of hooey. <laughs> Come on, for crying out loud. We got 2,000 years of a proven track record. Just stay in the old path. Just continue on. Continue. Continue in faithfulness and faith, which is the very exhortation here, really. Uh, just continue in the faith, Timothy. Continue what you've been taught. Continue what you know. Standing, go back there to chapter 1, look at verse number 13. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. Just stand there, Timothy. Having done all, come on, let's stand. Standing on the promises. Somebody did write a song about it. Standing on the promises of Christ my Lord. Yeah, come on. Just stand there. No compromise. No letting up or letting down. Hang the torpedoes. Full speed ahead. Amen. Just continue on. Standing where you've always stood. Teaching. Uh, chapter 2, verse 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. The same commits out of faithful men. Who shall be able to teach others also? Come on, it's a heritage. I've taught you, Timothy. I've been taught. In fact, the Lord Jesus himself taught me much of what I know. And now I'm teaching you, and you're going to have the responsibility to turn around and teach it to those that are coming behind you. And come on, let's zip up 2,000 years. We've had faithful teachers all the way along who've turned around and taught it to others. And praise God, it's come to us. And it's good. Because <laughs> it's true. I, uh, growing up, my, my mom kind of got into genealogy through the influence of my great aunt. And uh, on my mother's side, <clears throat> her mother, my grandmother's name, maiden name was Chase. You ever heard of Chase Manhattan Bank? <laughs> Samuel Chase that signed the uh, Declaration of Independence, a distant cousin of mine. My dad used to say, well, on our side, there's a bunch of horse thieves, <laughs> horse thieves. But on my mother's side, there was some notable people. 
But she got into genealogy, and my dad was an outdoorsman, so we went camping, and we were out outdoors a lot. And vacation was always out somewhere in the woods. But when my brother and my dad and I would go fishing or go, you know, out there in the woods, mom would go into town. She, she didn't have, she, she would be very envious today of all the resources for genealogy work because she had to dig. She'd go to the library and dig through records and stuff trying to get the lightics back across the pond. She got us to Pennsylvania, but she could never get us across the pond. Anyway, all that to say, I, I kind of find it interesting. And Of course, when, when mom knew she was getting old and she wanted to make sure that we had all these records, she had, I mean, boxes of stuff that she dug up and and she found some contacts that they'd go and visit family that they didn't even know they had. And it was kind of an interesting thing. But anyway, I started thinking about our spiritual family and the genealogy of how the gospel came to me. Can you imagine? One day we'll know. I'll tell you one thing. As a Gentile, all of us can go back to a vision that was given when Paul was on, in Troas and that Macedonian man from Europe, most all of us, not all of us, but most all of us come from that region of the world, <clears throat> and he said, come over and help us. I would suggest we Gentiles, all of us could trace our genealogy back, however it would be. <clears throat> uh, my name is Leidig, that's German. Original spelling, my mom found that, L-E-I-D-I-G, Leidig. I would suggest probably, and I don't have time to go into it all, but I found out there's some Lutheran preachers in my family's background back over there somewhere. And uh, I, I don't know all the connections. I know recent history, my, my grandmother's, grandfathers on both sides, my mom's side and my dad's side, were Baptists and were saved. and So I know the recent history, but I, it's going to be interesting when we get to heaven, how it came down to you and me. Amen. Thank God it did. Amen. You know how it did? Many folks over the centuries, they just continued on. They stayed faithful. And thank God they did. Or it wouldn't have come to us. Come on. So we are debtors. Thank God for that. I don't know who of those, John Huss, I mean, you can go down, you know, during the dark ages and some of the great persecution, burned at the stake and all. I don't know what connection maybe through some of those disciples then. Come on, somewhere in there. <laughs> we have a goodly heritage. Heritage of faith, not a faith, the faith. Amen. Amen. Those that have just continued on in the midst of hardship and persecution, and just like Paul mentions here of Timothy, I'll tell you what you're facing, Timothy, because it's coming. Last day is going to be chock full of it. But what are you going to do? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're just going to continue on. <laughs> continue on. Continue in faith and faithfulness. Continue in vigilance. Look at verse, in chapter 4, look at verse number 5. He says, but watch thou in all things. I said it a moment ago. Listen, you ought to thank God for what you have here. Don't take it for granted. Be on guard. Satan hates it. Right. I'd suggest to you right now, he'd like to get in and as a weasel. He, oh, he's just, there's not words to describe that dog. I mean, he's just the enemy. He'd like to get a foot in the door. He'd like to start dividing. I've, I've heard of churches where you come in, you know, and the middle aisle is called the DMZ. 
<laughs> if you come in, you're a visitor, and you just happen to sit on the wrong side, this side won't talk to you. God, help us. These things ought not so to be. But I'm telling you what, Satan gets his foot in the door. And he hates what's going on here. And you better, you better, you say, well, we got him on the run right now. Well, maybe you do right now. But I'm telling you, he's a sore loser and he don't quit. He'll regroup and he'll come back. He'll shoot in another way, some other angle, because he's going to work overtime to destroy what's going on here. So you better keep your eyes open. You better watch. Come on, soldiers. He's talking about endure hardness as a good soldier. Soldiers on guard. Don't be asleep on guard. Yeah, let's be watchful, okay? So continue in vigilance. Be sober. Be vigilant, Peter said. He knew from his own experience. Come on, you need to stay awake. Stay on guard because Satan's working overtime to take you down. Yeah. Continue in vigilance and then continue in your place. Look again at chapter 4, verse 5. He says, watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Endure hardness. It is hard. I remember years ago, had a, uh, there in Omaha, we used to have a, a Bible conference once a year. <clears throat> it would be a Monday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night thing. And we'd bring in two nationally known speakers from around the country. And it was a great time. It was called the Midwest uh, Baptist Bible Conference. And uh, different camps, I mean, they're, you know, independent Baptists got their own group they run with, but all these groups had kind of come together for this meeting. It was pretty, pretty special. One year, one of the, one of the speakers was uh, Harold Seitler. We're going back here. Some of you may not know the name. He, he uh, pastor in Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, I'd never been around him. I knew of him. I'd heard some of his message, but I'd never been around Well, that, that year... Uh, I had the privilege, I was kind of the moderator, so the two speakers, I would, I would ferry them around to their room, take them to eat and stuff, and so I got to spend some time with them. And I tell you what, I fell in love with Harold Seidler. Gracious, godly Christian gentleman and powerful preacher. <laughs> but anyway, on Tuesday afternoon, they would have the uh, preachers stay, and we'd have a luncheon it was always a little Q&A with, with, the, with the speakers, these preachers would ask. And, and one, one preacher asked this question. <clears throat> he directed it at Brother Seitler. He said, are we just softer today or is it harder today? It seems like conditions are so tough, you know, and are we just getting soft, you know? And so that was posed to Dr. Seitler, and he paused a moment. He said, well... In fact, I think if it is what the Bible says, that it waxes worse and worse, I think probably, yeah, it's, it's harder today than maybe it's ever been, at least for we in America, harder than we've experienced. But then he made this statement, but the darker the night, the brighter the light. <laughs> and we went on to explain, he said, it's not real hard today to stick out. I tell you what, with all these churches so-called they're just caving in to the culture going along to get along you'll have experiences like I mentioned somebody came to my church and said boy it's good to hear a preacher that preaches from the Bible again and I'll tell you there's a, this greatest generation that grew up with those kind of conditions where they went to church they went to church 
They sang out of the hymn books like we're singing great gospel hymns and all. I've had them say, I've heard this more than once, it's good to, to sing out of a hymnal again. <laughs> Instead of these 7-Eleven, pablum, shallow, nothing. But that's what they're getting, pablum. If they're getting anything at all, it's pablum. They're not getting the, the rich, deep meat and truths of the word of God. And that's what they need to get. That's what the world needs to hear. So if you stand and preach and you just continue on doing that kind of thing, I'm telling you, you don't have to get the word out. Boy, I'll tell you over there at that church, you'll hear the Bible preached. Well, amen. And you'll have people coming because some know what it used to be like. And they'll say, man, I'm telling you, it's good to hear the Bible taught again. I'm telling you, it's good to hear those old hymns of the faith. Man, I'm telling you, I like it around here. Amen. So continue in your place. What is our place? He kind of makes mention of it there in verse number five. Do the work of an evangelist. Primary responsibility of Liberty Baptist Tabernacle, you're a lighthouse. Remember again, it's a dark night. You're the light. You're salt and you're light. And you're supposed to be evangelizing this community. Not just a church that's known for having good covered dish dinners. Well, amen, we've enjoyed some of that. No, you go and you hear the word of God preach. People get saved. And I'm telling you, transforms their life. Amen. We're changing this community because we're changing lives. Amen. That's what we're supposed to do. That's the whole program. That's what God intended. So again, continue in your place. Do the work of evangelism. I would suggest, I, I know Baptist churches and I know how people are. I would suggest tonight, we got probably a majority of people in here, as good a church as this is, We've probably got a majority of people here have never personally won someone to the Lord. And I'm not saying, you know, you bring people to church and they can get saved. That's, that, that's, that's involved, yeah. But I'll tell you what, you have never lived as a believer. Hear me now. You have never lived till you get the joy of sitting down with somebody, showing them from the Scripture, the simple gospel truth, of trusting Christ their Savior, to hear them pray the sinner's prayer and come to be a child of God and feel a little bit of the zeal of what's going on in heaven when one soul repents. I'm telling you what, woo, baby. (laughs) You know, you read that account of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch and you read the end of it there and it says, and he went on his way rejoicing. You say, was that the eunuch or was that Philip? Oh, I think it's probably both of them. But I'm thinking, Philip, you know, God called him out of this great revival going on in Samaria. He goes out there to this desert place like, what am I doing out here? And there's this little guy in a chariot over there reading Isaiah the prophet. And he goes and draws himself close to the (laughs) chariot and says, Understandest thou what thou readest? How can I except some man should show me? And he got to show him. (laughs) And he's teaching him about the word of God and all. And after a bit... Eunuch says, what must hinder me to be baptized? Philip says, well, if you believe with all your heart, then you may be. He said, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Well, amen. They went down into the water. It was a Baptist baptism. They got down in the water, and they came up out of the water, and they went on their way rejoicing. It's a wonderful thing. If you never experienced the joy of leading someone to the Lord, I'm telling you, you haven't lived yet. It's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. <laughs> yes, it is. And you should experience it. Now, again, it's harder today. Endure hardness, but just continue on. <clears throat> Heard old John R. Rice say years ago, it's like fishing for salmon 
Anyone here ever been salmon fishing? Do you know when you go salmon fishing, just throw you a little information here to help you. <laughs> you don't catch them with bait. They're on their way home. They don't, they're not hungry. They're on a mission. They don't want anything to get in their way of getting back where they can plant their eggs and be done. They're on a mission. So you don't, you know, you don't get a little jig out there and fool them. No, they, they're on their way. They don't stop to eat. They're on a mission. Anything that gets in their way, they're going to knock it out of the way. They're, they're, they're just going to destroy anything that keeps them from getting. So <clears throat> salmon fishing, the, the key is get as many lines in the water as you can get so you get in their way. <laughs> and they'll hit that thing just to get it out of the way. And you can get one. Amen. Snag in these big salmon, you know. Well, Jesus said we're supposed to be fishers of men. Well, let me give you a little key from salmon, salmon fishing. Like John R. Rice said, get as many lines in the water as you can get. <laughs> Hand out tracks. Give a t personal testimony. Drag people to church. I mean, do everything you can to get people under the gospel. And I'll tell you what, by accident, you'll win one. <laughs> no accident at all. It's a divine appointment. God encouraged Paul when he went to Corinth. Corinth, really? The San Francisco of the Roman Empire? I mean, really, perverted. You're going to plant a church in Corinth? <laughs> yeah, right. God told Paul, I have much people in this city. Paul, you just got to get the word to them. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks, there's some fish out there. We can catch them if we'll get engaged in fishing for them. Come on. You need to continue in your place. Your place is as a soul-winning church, and your church is made up of individual members, and we're in this thing together. We need everybody involved. We need as many lines in the water as we can get. Come on, so that we can be engaged and involved in what God continue, expects us to continue in. Soul-winning evangelism. Be, do the work of an evangelist. And then thy ministry. Again, the individual aspect of it. Speaking of Corinth, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul said this, But now God hath set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. If you're a member here, you're set here. Help me here. God has led you here. God has directed for you to be here. You believed. I'm putting words in your mouth, but I hope this is the truth. You prayed about where God would have you be, and so God led you here, and you joined here, and you're a member here. Amen. Well, it just didn't happen. I've heard some testimony about it. incredible ways in which God worked people's schedules around or their assignments or their vocations, brought them to this place and this church. You're not here by accident. God's placed you in this body, and the Bible tells us the body is the church. Get your theology, get your ecclesiology right. This universal church crowd, the body, the great body of Christ. This is the body right here. Amen. This is a body. It is complete. Jesus is the head. Come on. Amen. You got everything you need. This is complete. You're not a part of anything else. You're complete in yourself. Amen. But this body is made up of individual members. And you have an individual responsibility. Amen. Do you know what your responsibility is here? I'll tell you this. It's more than just sitting in this chair. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to come and hear the Word of God. Amen, I'm glad you're here. But come on, there's more involved than that. You need to be engaged. If this church was dependent 
upon every member being just like you, where would it be? What would it be accomplishing? What would be the impact that it would have in this community if every member was just like you? Now, again, I think all of us would say, well, (laughs) I got room for improvement. We all do. But I've always kind of said it this way. You come to the end of the year as we're drawing up there, you know, get to the end of the year and say, you know, I'd like to say, thank God I can say, I may not be all I ought to be, but I'm not what I used to be. I can say that I've seen in the last year or two, I've seen some development in my life. I've seen some victory. I've seen some achievement. I've seen God do some great things in my life to bring me along, and I've been able just to continue in the way that others have gone, and I'm thankful that I'm involved. Are you involved? Come on. On your side, smile at me. But I'm telling you, you need to be engaged here. I think I can speak for Brother Brooks. Got any room for more help? (laughs) No, we're full up. You know, sorry, I don't have anything for you to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know better than that. There's always room for more involvement. Never get to the point where you'd say, sorry, don't need any more players around here. No, come on. There's more to do. More people there are, there's more to be accomplished. There's more to do. But I'm telling you, over 43 years, we've had people come in say we, you, have had people come in, join here, get engaged here, get involved here, and everything just continues moving in the right direction. Well, come on, 43 years, thank God for. But come on, we're looking ahead now. There's more to be done. We have to continue, which means you're not stopped here and say, done that, been there, we're good. (laughs) No, we got to continue on. Continue in your place. What's your place? Do you know your place? Do you have a place? Well, I'll tell you this. You have a place. Are you filling that place? God told Timothy, make full proof of thy ministry. You have one. We are all ministers. Let's get engaged. Full speed ahead. Onward, Christian soldiers. Somebody ought to write a song. Amen. Come on, let's go. All God's people said? Let's go. Come on, go is the first word in the word gospel. You can't just sit around, hang around, not be involved in God's work. I'm telling you, it's a movable. There's a verb involved. You're supposed to be going. Come on, let's just continue to go as we've gone. God help us to continue steadfastly in the faith. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the charge you gave through the experience and the condition of Timothy as I'm sure he was to some degree overwhelmed at the responsibility that was coming to him. The Apostle Paul was going to depart. He'd fulfilled his ministry. And now Timothy had the responsibility to pick up and continue on. I'm sure Joshua had the same feeling when he had to step into the shoes of Moses. Lord, down through the ages, it's been that again and again. There's a new generation comes on the scene. And the same responsibilities there that all they have to do is just continue in that same way, the old paths. This is the way. Walk ye in it. 
Thank you for the way this church has walked for 43 years. A testimony to Brother Williams and now to Brother Brooks and for the faithful ones, some of the charter members still here. Praise God for it all. It's just, whoa, praise the Lord. It's a wonderful thing. We can't live in the past. There's a work yet to be done. And Lord, I pray you just inject in them a real zeal and a compassion. And may this week be the 43rd year, just a special time when we recommit to the same paths to the same methods, same program, the same plan, the same, same everything because you've never changed it. So help them to continue on for their good, for your glory. We'll praise you and thank you for it in Jesus' name.